You're listening to the Quince podcast. In the first loss of lives in perhaps 45 years at the disputed Indochina border, the Indian Army lost a commanding officer and two soldiers in what the army said, a quote-unquote violent face-off with Chinese soldiers in the Galvan Valley on the night of 15th June. The army's statement around noon on 16th June revealed that there were casualties on both sides, something even China asserted on, although the Chinese government hasn't declared official numbers yet. But all this comes barely days after Indian Army Chief General M.M. Naravani said that both sides had begun disengaging in a phased manner along the LAC. While the Indian Army said that senior military officials from both sides were meeting to defuse the situation, Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhao Lijian accused the Indian side of crossing the border twice on Monday night and, quote-unquote, provoking and attacking Chinese personnel, resulting in the physical clashes. Are things ratcheting up at the border in eastern Ladakh? What should the Indian side keep in mind at this fragile juncture? In this podcast, you'll hear from retired Lieutenant General E.K. Singh and former Indian diplomat Vishnu Prakash. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorburi. The current flare-up at Galwan Valley has been brewing over a month as the PLA troops began trespassing into Indian territory in five spots along the LEC. Patrolling points 14, 15, 17, Chushul and the north bank of Pangong Lake. And recently, about 10 days back on 6th June, in order to resolve the tensions peacefully, the commanders of India and China's militaries had held lieutenant-general-level talks and reached at an agreement for a partial disengagement of troops from south the points of standoff. The Ministry of External Affairs too responded to the incident late on 16th evening. While the statement talked of the need for peace, India also firmly stood its ground and said that had the agreement been scrupulously followed by the Chinese side, the incident could have been avoided. And I'm just going to quote a few lines from the MEA statement. Quote, We remain firmly convinced of the need for the maintenance of peace and tranquility in the border areas and the resolution of differences through dialogue. At the same time, we are also strongly committed to ensuring India's sovereignty and territorial integrity. Given its responsible approach to border management, India is very clear that all its activities are always within the Indian side of the LAC. We expect the same of the Chinese side. End quote. And this is not the first clash in the last month. Soldiers from both sides have clashed on four other occasions starting from May 5th that led to the hospitalization of a few hundred soldiers. But the last time Indian soldiers had lost their lives along the Indochina border was in 1975. And it was in an ambush by the Chinese soldiers at Tulungla in Arunachal Pradesh. Since then, although tensions between the countries have arisen occasionally, sometimes leading to similar standoffs, even fistfights, they have not resulted in the death of Indian soldiers. The details of the nature of this altercation and how it began are still emerging, but what led to this escalation despite the talks that indicated that things were getting resolved? Lieutenant General A.K. Singh says that the situation is fragile with troops on ground. Anything can happen. Obviously, as part of their psyops, uh, they have uh, blamed the Indian side for crossing uh, the line of actual control. Whereas we are all aware it's the Chinese who had come in. 
And uh, let me also add that the situation is delicate, it is volatile, and troops on the ground, uh, anything can happen. Though I feel that Sena heads should prevail on both sides. I read a statement yesterday and today of the political hierarchy and also the army hierarchy saying that it is up to the army to take action as it deems fit. I think consultations have taken place at the higher level, but the ball now clearly is at the operational and tactical level. That is Northern Army commander flowing downwards right to the battalion commander who was there. Former Indian diplomat Vishnu Prakash, who's also the former spokesperson of the Ministry of External Affairs, believes that such a clash was bound to happen as the Chinese side had stationed thousands of troops and also brought in heavy artillery. But if this information is correct, it is very, very unfortunate. It has set back boundary management by decades. So that, that is one. Two, uh, I would first of all pay my respectful homage to the three uh, brave hearts who have laid their lives protecting the country. It's a, it's a supreme sacrifice. Now, when you have a buildup of the kind that uh, the Chinese side engaged in, coming in numbers with heavy equipment, setting up semi-permanent uh, facilities, eyeball to eyeball, fist fights, the timing, the aggression, the scale. I mean, these are not normal things to be done. It, it has never happened before. Also, there is something that I find amiss in the narrative that they were disengaging and uh, Indian troops then came and, uh, you know, according to the Chinese side. And by the way, Chinese narrative is Chinese narrative is Chinese narrative. I mean, I, I don't give it uh, much credence, but just for the sake of argument, why on earth would Indian troops or Indian soldiers or a commanding officer interrupt a withdrawal process? Why will they try to assault the Chinese when they are disengaging? I mean, there's something amiss here. But what we do know is that this, uh, the whole aggression, and I have no choice but to call it an aggression, the standoff, was had the blessings from the very top in Beijing. And things do not happen of this kind unless there is some kind of a uh, premeditated thing. Although in times of conflict, unforeseen developments happen. But we were not in a hot conflict. And this kind of an incident, which had not happened for 30 years plus, should not have happened. Uh, but having said that, I would like to wait for the details establish the facts and uh, comment on it further. The Chinese Foreign Ministry has been quite prompt with its response. It clearly accused Indian soldiers of intruding into the Chinese side of the LAC. Whilst alleging Chinese aggression, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhao Lijian also said that both sides have agreed to resolve this issue through dialogue and consultation. But Hu Zhijin, the editor-in-chief of Global Times, which is a pro-government news agency in China, had a more cautionary message for India and warned against its quote-unquote arrogance. And I'm just going to read his tweet for you. Quote, 
Based on what I know, Chinese side also suffered casualties in the Galwan Valley physical clash. I want to tell the Indian side, don't be arrogant and misread China's restraint as being weak. China doesn't want to have a clash with India, but we don't fear it. End quote. Now, the Galwan River area has been a point of conflict before between the countries. It was a flashpoint during the Sino-Indian War of 1962. And the newly constructed Darbuk Shyok Dalat Begodi Road connecting Leh to the Karakoram Pass seems to have been a great source of displeasure for the Chinese and in some ways also a trigger for the current flare-up. But none of it's new. In 2013, Chinese troops had bunked at the DSDBO road and cut off access to the Rakhi Nala Valley where the IF had a small airstrip. And then again a year later at Chumur, which is another disputed point on the LAC, Chinese soldiers had pitched tents that led to a standoff. Mr. Prakash says that clearly these aren't simple events, but a message from China. Agenda is quite obvious because, first of all, both sides will have to take stock of the situation and uh, take a view as to what uh, each side wants. Because this cannot be business as usual. There is, since 2013, a clear pattern. Uh, The incursions which used to take place by the hundreds uh, always and uh, troops used to pull back have been uh, degenerating into standoffs, 2013, 14, 17, uh, and now 2020. So this is not an accident. The uh, incursions are clearly more aggressive. They are timed very well. There was one incursion which took place in 2014 as the President Xi Jinping was in India. Now, can can this be fortuitous? Can this be accidental? Certainly not. So obviously there is a messaging that is going on that China uh, wants to convey a message that it can do what it wants to do. And uh, so that is the kind of game that is being played. Now, it is unusual, uh, but China is not a, not a normal country. I mean, they uh, want to uh, supplant the US-centric regional and world order. So they are engaging in this adventurism. Uh, There is no other word but adventurism with very consciously, with multiple objectives, trying to signal to India certainly to to say that, look, you know, they, they are capable of escalating to their neighbors, ASEAN region, Japan, USA and so on. So it is, and they have been doing that uh, since the COVID-19 breakout in South China Sea, Taiwan, Hong Kong. So it is clearly a pattern. Now, why are they doing that? There are multiple reasons. But long and short of it is that Indian diplomacy, Indian uh, defensive, uh, India's military uh, preparedness, everything is being challenged. And uh, I still hope for the sake of both the countries, neither of the countries is a small one, that we find a modus vivendi. Despite objections from China, India has made its priority of investing on infrastructure along border regions, including Ladakh, quite firm. In fact, as the military level talks between the countries continued, reports said that over 1,600 workers are on their way to Leh, to resume the construction projects of Border Roads Organization in Ladakh, which had been halted due to the lockdown. Soon after the incident, reports said 
that Defence Minister Rajnath Singh held two meetings with the Chief of Defence Staff General Bipin Rawat, External Affairs Minister Dr S Jayashankar and the three service chiefs. And in about a week's time on June 22nd, Jayashankar is also expected to join his Chinese and Russian counterparts for a virtual conference of the Russia-India-China trilateral. But what must India keep in mind at this critical juncture? What should the Indian Army's response be? This is what General E.K. Singh said. I'm sure the Indian Army has taken it very seriously. And this message needs to go to China. They need to understand that they cannot run the script. There are two people who are involved in the script. And therefore, while they had the first mover's advantage, the Indian Army has now confronted them and will continue to confront them till they go back to their original positions. There is no question of our accepting any loss of territory. Uh, we would prefer that this happens through negotiations, which had started, and um, I hope they reach a rightful conclusion. Mr. Prakash adds to that and says that in terms of a diplomatic approach, India should rope in the stakeholders, such as the Indian Army, to make sure that India's defences are strong. Two, it is very important to work with all stakeholders in government. After all, what is foreign policy? Foreign policy is nothing but an extension of domestic policy. And there are first and foremost need is economy and, and strong defenses. So we have to work with all stakeholders, especially our armed forces, other departments, to make sure that India's defenses are secure, India's defenses are strong. In, and thirdly, we continue to do what we do best, leverage with other countries, fly the Indian flag with pride. Today, the world wants a stake in the growth and prosperity of India because India is not a power that threatens anybody and we should continue doing that. For more details on the Indochina standoff, please check out our previous episodes on the issue, the links to which you'll find on the show notes. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.